Hi there, my name is Maya, and welcome to my podcast, Group of One. Today I'll be interviewing my good friend Hannah, and we'll be discussing binge eating. Hi Maya, thank you so much for having me here today. I am super pumped, let's do this. So Hannah, the first thing I'd like to know is, what is binge eating? So the first thing I'd like to clarify about binge eating is that binge eating is not a food addiction, and I feel like a lot of people today uh, misinterpret that. So just please keep in mind that binge eating is not a food addiction. I would also like to say that um, I am a recovering binge eater, so in today's podcast, I will be referring a lot to personal experiences that I've had just so you can get a better grasp as to what binge eating really is. Uh, Binge eating consists of eating large amounts of food until you are uncomfortably full. I've had um, many times where I've physically been putting the food in my mouth, felt sick and still ate it. I felt like my stomach was going to explode. Uh, Eating in secret is also something that binge eaters will do a lot of the times. uh, Personally, I would hide um, my wrappers at the bottom of the trash can. I would also wait to be alone to eat. Uh, whether that be like any like type of snack or anything, but a lot of times when it came to my binge eating, I would wait for my roommate to go to bed and then I would binge eat. Um, and the feeling of disgust and shame that you have during and even after is my, I can't even can like explain it to you. You just feel so horrible. I've had times where I've binge ate, threw up, binge ate again threw up again and just the feeling that comes with that is it's undescribable I'm really sorry you went through that um but what I would like to know Maya is how why have we evolved to binge eat on high calorie foods well Hannah according to Yuval Harari's book Sapiens in the savannas during hunter forager times high calorie foods were actually extremely rare A typical forager came across one type of sweet, ripe fruit. They would then, on the spot, consume this fruit as much as they could before any other animals could get to it. Ergo, the forager that binged on high-calorie foods was more likely to pass on their genes and produce offspring, because they were the ones to eat and they were the ones to survive. Hence, we are now hardwired to consume as much as we can of high-calorie foods when we get our hands on them. Binge eating, therefore, according to this theory, is completely natural. But why is this a problem today? Because now, from hamburgers to gelato, from chocolate to potato chips, we have unlimited access to these calorie-dense foods. We must, however, constantly keep our evolutionary instincts in check due to this high access. But this is not as easy for some people as it is for others. So Hannah, what I would like to know is what makes a person more likely to be a binge eater? So um, for this, I'm going to be talking about six different factors. Uh, The first one being genetics. Genetics is usually one of the bigger ones because as you said, it runs into family, evolutionary wise, all that stuff. if your ancestors were binge eaters, so so would you. So let's say your mom, your grandma, binge eaters, the chances of you also being a binge eater are highly elevated. 
the second factor would be family and learnt behavior. One of my favorite sayings for this is monkey see, monkey do, because it is very much monkey see, monkey do. If you as a young child were to see, let's say, your mother, this is how she ate, you would in turn take, oh, this is how I'm supposed to treat my food. This is how I'm going to eat. This is what you know. The third factor, which I find is one of the bigger factors, is depression. Uh, Depression can be categorized as um, immense feelings of sadness and a lack of dopamine. Food, on the other hand, triggers the reward center of the brain and it also releases the dopamine. So it's uh, kind of a no-brainer when you think food, depression kind of has a correlation. But unfortunately, this is a short-term relief, which is why uh, the occurrence of binge eating is so frequent. Uh, The fourth factor I'll be discussing is low self-esteem. A lot of the time, people who binge eat are unhappy with how they look uh, due to unrealistic beauty standards that we have today. Uh, It could have also just been something that when you were 10 years old, a small comment that could have been traumatic enough for you for it to trigger. Uh, Sort of like depression, food gives this relief for uh, low self-esteem. The... Fifth factor is extreme dieting. Um, People who restrict themselves are more likely to be binge eaters. Uh, The more hungry you are, the more you're going to eat, obviously. Um, But your body doesn't know uh, when you eat like that. Your body doesn't know when it's going to get food again. So obviously it's going to want to consume as much as it can. Uh, One thing you need to be careful about this, though, is the binge restrict cycle. Uh, This is basically just you starve all day, you binge at night, starve the next day, binge at night. If you're not careful with this, you could be hospitalized. So please, if you are a binge eater, be aware of that. So Hannah, what I would like to know is um, when it comes to these factors, do you relate to any of them? Um, for sure. Um, I don't think genetics, uh, depression, definitely, uh, low self-esteem for sure, uh, dieting with my, uh, eating disorders that I've struggled with over the years. I'd say those are like the main three that I struggle with constantly. And did anybody ever make any comments to you, um, that led you to have a lower self-esteem? Uh... I would say when I was younger, that's probably when it started. My grandmother was from a different time. So, you know, woman has to look a certain way. Lady has to act a certain way. And I think that just had a very big impact. You know, I was like six years old and I was saying, oh, you probably shouldn't be eating that cookie. You know what I mean? And also in high school, I find it really kickstarted that because of just my low self-esteem was just so low at that point that it just, I think that's what did it. I understand. So Maya, what I would like to know and what I think we'd all like to know is what are some of the tips that you can give for someone who has been cheating? Um, well, the first tip I have for you, Hannah, is to eat after a binge. Now, this might sound counterintuitive, but in order to break the binge restrict cycle, it's important to eat a balanced diet. For example, if the next morning after a binge you're hungry, it's important to eat a healthy, protein-rich, and balanced meal. By eating three healthy meals per day, 
you're maintaining a healthy blood sugar level, which in turn keeps hunger at bay. Ergo, you're reducing the risk of overeating later on. The next tip is to neutralize food. So what do I mean by this? Well, by neutralizing food, you're turning quote good and quote bad foods into simply foods. In doing so, you're changing your attitudes towards these foods. Therefore, you're changing your attitudes towards yourself eating these foods. For example, if you attribute negativity to hamburgers, you're likely to experience negative emotions such as guilt and shame after eating the hamburger. As we mentioned earlier, feelings of guilt and shame can lead to even more eating, so neutralizing food is a great way to reduce binge eating. Next is to keep a food diary. While this is not for everyone, keeping a food diary can be very helpful when it comes to controlling our eating habits. This is because in doing so, you're bringing consciousness to your plate. Therefore, putting more thought and consideration into what goes into your mouth. Because binging is a mostly thoughtless activity, this can bring mindfulness to what you consume and allow you to reflect upon the nutrients you're receiving, allowing you to perhaps reduce the amount or make better choices. Next is to think about why you're binging. Before engaging in binge eating, it's important to consider why you're doing so. While it is not always easy to pause and reflect upon your emotions when you're craving three hamburgers, a bag of chips, and a tub of Ben and Jerry's, it's certainly worthwhile. This is because in doing so, you might be able to consider these emotions and try to solve the issues that cause them, if there are any, in other ways. Oftentimes, the issues causing our emotional despair cannot be directly fixed. Sometimes, a cup of tea, a bath, or a good chat with a friend is enough to be that temporary source of relief for someone who is depressed or anxious. The last tip I have for you today, Hannah, and for all you guys out there listening, is my favorite tip, and it's called self-compassion. Taking into account our evolutionary instincts, paired with the fact that calorie-dense foods in many places around the world is almost always accessible, it is almost inevitable to not engage in overeating once in a while. When this does happen, it's important to practice self-forgiveness and self-compassion. Why? Because as many psychological studies have proven, when you forgive yourself, you're making yourself at peace with the feelings of guilt and shame that often accompany binge eating. In doing so, you're reducing the risk of overeating later again in order to appease these feelings. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again, Maya, for having me here today. It was my pleasure. Join us next time on Group of One as Maya discusses vaping and all of its implications.